this good Jew, this rising rabbi, has just stepped off the boat into Gerasa, a Gentile area. He doesn't belong there. And then he joins someone who lives in the tombs, dead bodies and places of death were considered unclean, something to be carefully avoided. But it's not like he stumbled into this land among these tombs by accident. Just before where our gospel picks up today, Jesus gets into the boat with his disciples and says, hey, let's sail across to the other side. And it's a frightening journey, one with this just intense, wild storm that kicks up and threatens their lives while Jesus lies there asleep until eventually he calms it and steps off right here. He's met by a welcome party of one. This man who has been tormented by demons for as long as anyone can remember. It seems these in-between places have always confounded the masses. These borderlands where the almost dead are forced to pass through or even stay among the actually dead. We tend to do our best to avoid these places, to wall them off in our minds and in reality. The desert is a dangerous place. People do not go there unless they have to. This is how many of our godly play stories begin. And these words rang in my mind as I read the story of some of our peers this week. U.S. citizens called to make a decision about what actions are legal or criminal in the desert, in the borderlands. You see, the week before last, the trial for Scott Warren concluded, and the jury was forced to deliberate, and deliberate some more. The charges against him were one count of conspiracy to transport undocumented immigrants, which carries a sentence of 10 years, and two counts of harboring these immigrants. Scott Warren teaches geography at Arizona State University, and for years now, he's volunteered with a group called No More Deaths. Their aim is as simple as their name suggests. They strive to offer aid to those crossing the desert to seek refuge in our country. Scott and his team, they understand that the desert is a dangerous place, that people do not go there unless they have to. And so these volunteers offer food 
water, blanket, maybe some simple medical aid as needed, as they know how. Since he was arrested in January of 2018, Warren says that 88 bodies have been found near this stretch of the border crossing. Since the year 2000, more than 3,000 bodies have been found. Souls who died crossing the border in Arizona. This desert has become a land of unmarked tombs. Last year, Warren testified to his work saying, I am compelled to act. I am drawn to act. I have to act when someone is in need. This is just what was happening when he was arrested caught last year offering aid to two men who had found their way to a place called the barn, a a home base of sorts for no more deaths. The jury could not come to a decision. They could not conclude that he was guilty, but they also could not agree that he was not. They could not decide after two days of deliberations if Scott Warren was a criminal for the way he had shown up in these borderlands. Here's the thing. I think most of us try to avoid these fraught no-man's lands most of the time. Whether it's the desert of our border, or prisons, or the encampments in our own neighborhoods, most of us generally steer clear. And many of these dangerous places, these places among the tombs, they are not physical locations we can pinpoint on a map, but instead they are part of ourselves, our lives, our broken connections with loved ones. Addictions we downplay, or dysfunctional relationships we ignore, or the breakneck speeds of life that we are so skilled at rationalizing. Whether the need for liberation lies with us or with our neighbor, and usually it's both, it is largely the norm to avoid these dangerous places in and among the tombs. We don't go there. We're not supposed to go there. It might be tempting to even label this act of transgression, this stepping across imagined lines, as criminal. And it can be tempting to hone in on the thousand reasons, all the details of why we shouldn't go there. We can get really good at coming up with excuses. We can follow the way of this story and offering all kinds of strange details about what transpires after the healing. We could grab onto the confusion of 
how the demons are sent into the pigs, and how, how could the pigs deserve this, even as unclean animals back then? Or we could worry about the swine herds and how they lose out on their livelihood. Or we could try to unpack the terror the rest of the community feels in seeing this incomprehensible change that's taken place. These are all fine questions. But together, I think they become red herrings, making the story into something else, something that's too much for that community and maybe too much for us. And we can find ourselves echoing that community and asking Jesus, can you please stay away from us? Just leave with your wild healings already. It's there. It's right there in their begging him to leave. That's the other side of the same coin. We don't want to go to these places And we sure don't expect God to show up in them either. Maybe enough so that we even ask God to leave. Whether we are stuck in them or not, it can be hard to believe that the holy would veer into such dicey territory. And then Jesus turns this assumption on its head, crashing through the limits we are tempted to place on God. Jesus doesn't deal with the mass of demons just because he happened to run into them. This is not one of the stories where someone grabs onto his robes in hopes of a little bit of healing as he passes by. No, as best we can tell, Jesus left the relative comfort of Galilee, his familiar home territory, and sailed across the sea to come here, to this place, to this person, specifically. He does not do anything else while he's here. After finishing with this man, he turns and goes home. This is why he came. At the outset, it seems that Jesus has no business being here in Gerasa, among the demons and the tombs. But this is precisely God's business. This is what God is about, showing up in these dangerous places, these lost and rejected places with these people who are themselves lost and rejected. This is where God comes with healing, with liberation, with the invitation for us to do the same. This is not a terribly popular view. The world around us can have a pretty hard time making sense of this work, whether it's God who is doing it or 
other people. Even when it is as simple as offering a jug of water, it may be judged as criminal. And still, and still this is where God calls and where God comes. Into the tombs that hold us hostage, leading us into the tombs that hold our neighbors. It won't profit us. It may not win us more friends. But incredibly, this may be where we find freedom and new life. And above all, it may be where we find God. <laughs>